open our Bibles up to the book of Revelation, the third chapter. Revelation. Hallelujah. The revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for a, to have a focus on him. Amen. Amen. We are, uh, while you turn there, we, um, it's just always something. We got some, uh, we got our new sound system in because that kind of, kind of stopped working and, uh, got that sign out there. We're still working on those lights. The lights, I'm not sure if we're happy with them or not right now. We're using some solar lights from Lowe's and, and they work okay, but we're, I don't know if we're gonna just settle for okay. Part-time lights, praise God. So, uh, Hallelujah. We don't want that. So uh, we're going to keep on trying to upgrade that. We had some treatments around here to take care of the uh, room. And we're thankful for how uh, how well that went. Praise God. But we have been wanting to try to get some some uh, for years. I've talked about having some screens up here. That's going to be our next project for the beginning of the year. So pray about that with us. The Lord help us just keep moving forward and getting better in God. Amen. Revelation three. If you have it, say amen. Let's all pray. God, help us right now, Lord. We come to you thanking you for your presence, thanking you, Lord, for the fellowship that we feel in this house, God, the kindness, Lord, that you have put in your people, Lord. And God, we're asking you to now just talk to us today. Lord, help me, I pray, just to, Lord, to to God, to just obey you and allow you to use me, Lord. And, and God, just help me to stay out of your way and speak clearly to each one of our hearts. Speak clearly to what we need, God. Help us to grow. Help us to learn. Help us to be perfected, God. And, and Lord, it's all because of you. When it's all said and done, Lord, you get all the glory. Lord, it's your anointing. It's your direction, God. It's your word. We love you so much. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Revelation 3, verse 1 says, Unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, these things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful, strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to say here just at the onset, I was talking to Brother, uh, brother Darren Thrasher and, and, uh, after the, the last service that we had that was kind of geared towards the youth and, and, uh, we were having lunch the next day and I said, have you ever just been praying and God just not lay a thought for a message in your heart, but just give you the whole outline, just, just roll it out like that. And he said, Oh, I know that's when it's God. And, uh, and I said, well, that's, uh, I was praying after the service, we had an altar service and God's presence was really moving. And I started just really feeling the presence of God and not only this, uh, this, uh, thought that came into my mind, but, but, uh, points that, that we're going to go down just immediately, just boom, boom, boom. So I don't know who needs this today, but we're believing God has talked to us. And, and, uh, you know, when we come to the Lord, when we surrender our life to him, it's life changing. Amen. There's got to be more. The Bible really explains it in such an amazing way, more than just a religious tradition, more than just going through the motions of joining a church. And, and, uh, but you know what? He talks about being born again. 
I know the world and Hollywood and, and, and so much of the culture has tried to make folks that even use that terminology in their, in their shows and their, their movies. Uh, anybody that's talking about being born again is some kind of uh, nutcase, you know, some kind of uh, flaky person. But Jesus said you must be born again. He talked, the Bible talks about old things passing away and behold, all things becoming what? New. Amen. So we know that there is an amazing transformation when we come into the house of God, when we come and and begin to serve him and live for him. But we'll see here as we kind of started talking about a little bit in uh, some of our exhortation, some of our uh, uh, what we said during worship that that uh, that's not just the end of it all. We have to recognize that just as in a natural birth, there is a need to, to grow and to learn. That's not the end. That's the beginning. I feel like there is a lot in the idea of Christianity that, that never really has a goal. You know, when, when uh, the Bible talks about training children... You know, the Bible tells us a lot about training children. Amen. Hallelujah. A lot of folks want to go to the psychologist of the day and they, amen. Can I tell you, you're going to get all mixed up. Let's just go ahead and stay with the word. There's enough in the word of God to train them up in the way they should go. And what does it say? When they are old, they shall not depart from it. We're holding on to promises and we're holding on to the knowing that God has said it. And, and we see it in the word of God. We recognize that, that to have a godly home, to have a Christian home, God's given us the principles of how to do it. Amen. And, and we trust the word of God over all the, you know, the book of James talks, is about, talks about the, uh, the wisdom of the princes or the leaders of this world. And, and, uh, but God's wisdom is pure and peaceable and yields those fruits of righteousness. Amen. Thank God for the word in our homes. Being born is just the beginning. There is in God's word this vision of what they will be, of what we are training them to be. Amen. We uh, get excited with the first mama and dada. We get excited with, you know, the first bottle. and, and uh, But you know what? There's a whole, we're not excited to keep them there. Amen. And, and I think uh, a lot of folks need to recognize that, the, that with a vision of God's will to, to, to be able to, to develop in them what they will be. There's a direction in the way they should go. And that is also in the spiritual that in the church there should be leadership. There should be uh, those that are ministering the word of God, the pastors and evangelists and teachers and uh, and this, the fivefold ministry there in Ephesians. That there is a vision not to have a, a group of babies. I think that I kind of alluded to it. Let me just say this and God help me not to rant in the pulpit. But there are uh, preachers that seem like they are, are not ministering, but building themselves up by creating babies and allowing people to stay babies and, and, and therefore be dependent upon the ministry. And can I tell you, I don't need to feel important like that. I get excited like any any uh, a godly parent that sees people growing up and, and being responsible. Amen. The Bible talks about Hebrews, that the word of God that uh, belongs to the, the, the strong meat belongs to those who are, are full age and know how to exercise themselves to discern the difference between right and wrong. 
So, you know, it's not always, preacher, what should I do? Uh-uh. No, 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 not here. Amen. Learn how to, to grow and to, to exercise all that you have learned and all. If I can help, I, I want to help. But, uh, you know, you've got to be able to develop in you some spiritual maturity. Amen. We're getting somewhere. I feel like uh, a lot of you know what we're talking about here with growing and moving forward. And we spent a lot of time talking about uh, about uh, maturity and Christians growing up. It's in this. It's so needful. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, when you get into first grade, it's it's not all about first grade. We're looking to get you get you through this. Amen. Get you graduated and get you on your way. And and uh, hallelujah. That's, uh, again, one of the things I feel like has has really just uh, deteriorated and and really been a failure to see the education systems of the day just just not really prepare people to be mature, responsible, not to take time to indoctrinate them, amen, but time to put in them things that will make them uh, just uh, a mature, responsible citizens, amen. So, yeah, hallelujah. Sometimes in church, we come to God and there's there's an experience there, but we see in this letter to this uh, church in Sardis, and it's part of seven letters to seven churches in Asia. And Jesus is dictating these to John to send out to these churches, and he speaks very bluntly about their strengths and about their weaknesses. I want to know what God thinks. I want to know what God thinks. I want to search my heart, and I want God to be able to, to correct me if I need corrected. Amen. The Bible says whom he loves, he chastens. So, again, that child training, understanding that we still believe today. Amen. We still believe that you chasten them early. But times, the Bible, King James says that, that uh, they're not going to bring you shame. And, and uh, we believe in that. Amen. And, and God knows how to chasten his children, doesn't he? Amen. I believe it. God knows how to get our attention if we, if we need that. And, and here in Sardis... We see that there's some things that God is saying. It's pretty, pretty bold, can I say, pretty uh, serious. He says, I know your works. Whenever I see that, knowing humanity, knowing people, knowing myself, I can almost hear kind of the thought behind I know your works being not your excuses. Hello? Because we always come up with, oh, I would have got more done, but this came up. And I would have, I, I had good intentions, but no, I know, I know your works. And God's fair. God's reasonable. He, if anything, he's reasonable. But he said, I know your works. And, and he begins to tell them that you have a name that thou livest. You call yourself my child. You call yourself. Maybe uh, in this that we can... Apply it to uh, the name of a denomination, and uh, I, I'm a good this, or I'm a faithful that. But, but the Lord's looking at our works, looking at our hearts, looking at the the results of who we really are. I know who you are. I know where you live. I know what you do. And He said, "You have a name that you live, but but there's you're not what you ought to be. You're not alive. You're dead." I see in this, in some of these other letters, if you want to uh, turn back a little bit to Revelation 2, verse 4, he says, nevertheless, I have somewhat. He had a lot of good things to say, but that wasn't enough. He said, I need to tell you something. I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. You've started off good, but 
But there's something there that you're missing now. You're supposed to be progressing. You're supposed to be not only claiming you've got life, but there needs to be life. And God will be honest with you and tell you whether it's there or not. Flip over to the Laodicean church there in Revelation 3, verse 15. He says, I know thy works. He tells that to each one of these seven churches in Asia. And he says to them, you're neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. We have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be humble enough to hear the the voice of the Lord speaking to us. Am I not just good enough in my own opinion, but God, am I everything right now what you are calling me to be? He's saying, you're not on fire for me. You're not red hot in love with me. That's lukewarm. Well, that's not so bad, is it? But God's saying there's something missing, something that is very important in your life. I, um, know this isn't going to shock a lot of people, but I think about food quite a bit. And, uh, you know, different people will tell me what they've had or different places they've gone and things they've tried. And, and, uh, it's interesting to hear the, the language people use for some of the meals that they've eaten, different places that you have to try is just so amazing. And this dish is just so awesome. And, and, uh, one that is come around here that I hear used more and more is people say, you got to try this. It is life changing. <laughs> it's pretty good. Did you ever eat anything that's been life changing? All right. I expected an amen from the front row. I don't know. I don't know. Praise God. But I want to tell you this right now. Hallelujah. There's some things that I have found. Hear me now. There are some things that I've found since I've come to church. Since I've made that first walk through the door. That first walk toward an altar. That first time of prayer in repentance and dedication to God. There have been some things in my life that I have tasted in the house of God that have been life-changing. I want to tell you, when you look at modern Christianity, when you look at folks that are nominally children of God, you have a name that you're alive. There can be many times a lot to be desired. But I have found if we can really apply some things in our life, it can be life-changing. It can be more than just saying I'm a member of a good church and I call myself a Christian and I'm I'm really doing better than I used to. But, you know, there's some things missing today and a lot of folks calling themselves Christians. There's some things where I feel like there's just too much of don't don't hear what I'm not saying. I I don't want to sound like I'm I'm attacking folks that are going through hard times. But you know what? God's given us some victory. Praise God. God's given us some some ways that we can be overcomers and there's too many folks that are on the bottom and not on the top too many people that are struggling with with uh, with uh, some things and just chronically going through hey I, I i know discouragement and depression and family problems that we're all facing to one level or another but you know what god's going to help us win some battles god's going to help us overcome some things and and move in a way that we can be just exceeding abundantly blessed amen Turn with me to Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans 12. This is a, a Bible verse that was very instrumental in my life. 
raised in church. Didn't know nothing but going to church every week. But when I was 16 years old, that doesn't sound to me. How many can understand that? Maybe with yourself, not with me. You're saying that's a long time ago. Does it seem that long ago to you? For you? I remember sitting and hearing Romans 12:1 being preached to me. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice, holy. A sacrifice that's holy, acceptable unto God, which is your what? Reasonable service. I recognized that it was unreasonable to just give God a part of my life. I recognized it was unreasonable to call myself his child and not let him be my father in every part of my life. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I recognized in my own life and I have recognized since then in so many other lives that there is a difference, a life changing difference when you commit yourself to God fully, when you dedicate yourself to God. Amen. And you Look at that commitment. You examine that commitment. You come into prayer. You come into the house of God. And you're not on eggshells just worried that someone is going to look at you wrong. But you're looking at God saying, God, how do you see me today? I want to make sure. There's been times in my life that I had to rededicate my life to God. There have been times in my life I recognize that my commitment level to God was not The level of being a living sacrifice to him. Not that I had slipped into some of the things that everybody would recognize as as maybe sinful and evil. But but, you know, my heart just wasn't 100% in love with God. That commitment... That means that that church is so important to me. That prayer is so important to me. I know there's a lot of folks that are looking at modern ways and modern uh, methods to try to, uh, to, to really say, well, this is all you need. And it, can I tell you, it, it's still just, just what the Bible says. The assembling of ourselves together. Prayer, worship, the Word of God. Amen. Oh, obedience to the Word of God. When you commit yourself And really surrender your all to God where he is Lord in your life. Not just words, but but a life that is actively saying, God, if you're leading this way, I'm going to follow you. If you don't like it, I'm going to get it out of my life. God, it's not me trying to convince you what I want. But God, you just tell me and I'll say yes to your will and to your way. I know there's too many folks today that are so worried that they're going to seem radical. Amen. So worried they're going to be so different than, than, than what seems to be church today, seems to be Christianity today. That the culture, listen to me now, that the, the culture in the nation is getting so radical. I know. I don't like the, the tension. I, I want to be a peacemaker. I want to be someone who is, uh, has the ministry of reconciliation. But a lot of folks are talking about polarization. Amen. You know what that means? It means that we're getting farther and farther apart from folks, that, that our disagreements are getting more and more extreme. But can I explain something to you about the polarization 
of our, of, of, of our community and of our nation and of the world and of the culture. You know, God's word didn't move. God's word didn't change. Amen. And as God's word is the same, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. As, as the world moves away from that, yes, there's going to be this polarization. But there's too many folks that are Christians that are trying to, you know, take little baby steps and accept the world and accept sin and accept some of the, the filth and the perversion of this generation and, and, you know, say, well, we're, we're different, but we're not as, the sad thing is it's the churches that, oh, you're so radical. Hey, the word is still the word. He's never changed. God's principles and his understandings of what sin is and what righteousness is has always been settled. But as the world just runs into the iniquity and the, the, the perversion of the day, and they say, oh, everybody's just getting farther and farther apart. It reminds me of that story we've heard that uh, of the, the, the folks in, in the pickup truck, and they're looking and seeing a young couple, and they're all snuggled up in the front seat of their car driving by, and, and the wife says, you know what? We used to be like that. You know, why aren't we like that anymore? He's driving saying, I never moved. I've been in the same spot the whole time. If anybody moved, it wasn't him. Right. Amen. And, and can I tell you, God's never moved. Right. I know there's folks saying that it's extreme to believe what the Word of God teaches uh, about righteousness, about truth, about, about being right and living right in a day like today. And God will help us. Don't get me wrong. God's, God's Word is, is for whosoever will. This Word addresses what we're dealing with in the world today. Amen. The more and more we see uh, our nation and our culture just moving away from the things of God, God's word is still established. Amen. So we cannot be concerned so much with our image, with uh, what folks think about us, when we're trying to just show them Jesus, trying to shine that light. Amen. Too many, too many times. I, I hear sometimes uh, look at things online about uh, the Bible and and uh, different churches and preaching and issues that arise. And um, whew, sometimes I, I uh, maybe I'll spend a little time on it sometime. And I know I I have dealt with it already. But but some of the lies that are in pulpits today, and 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 some of the things that that preachers are saying to just build themselves up in such a way that's just just uh it, it's insane to me let me just say it's crazy to me because you would think somebody get up and just kind of proclaim some of the things we've we've heard you'd think they'd they'd run them out of the church but uh the bible talks about people loving to have it so and uh you know some good things out there some really encouraging and and motivational things that are being said that that I wouldn't find fault with maybe as long as they're giving God credit and not themselves. When you start acting like it, it, this this whole Bible is about uh, you know you being God and not God in you, and you don't make that perfectly clear, well you've just gone into this whole new age kind of ideology that is 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 antichrist. Amen. It's it's ungodly and. Um, well, praise God. And uh, but listen, the uh, the thing is about a lot of folks, it's not 
people say, well, you need to listen to this. This is good. There's nothing. You, you, I, I challenge you. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and maybe a lot of times they're, they're correct in that. But the question is, what aren't they preaching? What aren't they telling us? Amen. That what are they conveniently leaving out? That's the scary part. And, and a lot of times I've, I've run across things already, uh, where maybe, uh, maybe folks are trying to, usually it's somebody who might be atheist or someone who's trying to tear down folks, uh, um, confidence in the word of God or in churches. And they'll say, you know, here's, let me give you a Bible verse that they're not going to tell you is in the Bible. Let me give you a Bible story. They're not going to tell you in the Bible. I thought, oh, we had a, we had an eight week study on that. <laughs> we, we're not afraid of the word of God. We, this, the word of God is, is, is the, it's our strength and our foundation so that we don't get off on, Hey, uh, this is what brother Flosser believes, or this is what uh, a church stands for, a denomination saying, no, 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 we've got to stay with the word. We're accountable to this. I'm accountable to this. Amen. So we're not afraid to just go ahead and see what the word of God says and apply it rightly divided. Amen. And recognize it. But there has to be an understanding that, that when we come to God, that we, it, it's one thing to get into church. It's another thing to make a commitment and say, God, I, I bow the knee to you. It's your will now. It's not mine. I'm not going to fight. I'm going to stop fighting you. Uh, I've seen people and we have a lot of patience for people. And, and sometimes I've heard people say, brother Flosser, you've got a lot more patience than I do, but you know, we're in the saving business. We're in the helping business. And, and some people, they, they, they just fight every step of the way and, and it makes it harder on them. Amen. It makes it harder on you when you fight every step of the way. But when you can just come to God and make a commitment and say, okay, God, I've got choices to make. I've got choices every day, God. I want to choose to put my heart into this. I want to choose to love you. I want to choose to serve you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. Can we turn to Acts, the 19th chapter? I've only got three points. My first life-changing point is is commitment that i've seen a lot of folks in church but but the level of commitment so important acts 19 we're talking about some disciples who believed acts 19 verse 1 says it came to pass that while apollos was at corinth paul having passed through the upper coast came to ephesus and finding certain disciples he said unto them have you received the holy ghost since you believed And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. There's something that was missing in their experience that they had no idea they were ignorant of. They, They needed taught. They needed to learn about what this was, this Holy Ghost baptism. He said to them, unto them... What then were you baptized? He said unto John's baptism, he backs up and starts asking them, well, what about, what about water baptism? And they said, we are baptized under John. That, that was good for a time, but, but praise God, something happened since John. John was pointing to Jesus. And then Paul, he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? Verse four. And then, then said Paul, John verily baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him that is on christ jesus when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the lord jesus he rebaptized them with that name that is above all names that name of authority amen 
And he goes on and says, Paul laid hands upon them. The Holy Ghost came on them. They spake with tongues and prophesied. Can I tell you, coming to church is great, but there's a Holy Ghost baptism that is life-changing. Praise God. There's a day that uh, I came into the church and, you know, well, I was really uh, around church and in church most of my life and, 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 you know, familiar with it. Sometimes familiarity is one of the worst enemies of your life. You can become so familiar that you lose the reverence and lose the awe of what God's trying to do. And I had that in, in my life. But, but one day uh, somebody told me that there was a baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I can tell you right now that what God was doing in my life at that time, I doubted it very much. I really did. I could not have felt, I, I felt better than I ever had in my, in my walk with God. I had recently rededicated my life and really made a commitment through this verse that I read to you. That idea of being a living sacrifice just struck me. And I saw it in my heart and my mind when the preacher preached Romans 12, 1. And I recognized that that animal that had just been fully dedicated, fully just given over to God, fully just, just sacrificed unto him. I thought, you know what? That is a very bad representation of my walk with God. And I committed myself to the Lord and, and God did some things. God, God just brought some light into my life and God brought some, there was some joy and some peace that I hadn't had. I mean, God was really working and somebody told me, you know what? The Bible talks about a baptism of the Holy Ghost. I thought if there's one, I've got it, buddy. Because I'm doing good. I'm feeling good. I love where I'm at. They said, no, no, no. Let me show you what the Bible says. And let me tell you what the And I thought, you know what? All I know is it's good. What I've got is good. And you know what? I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on reaching. I'm going to keep on going forward. And if if they're right, great. If they're not, you know, I, I just love what I love living for God. And I began to seek God. I began to call on God. I began to worship him in faith, saying, God, if this is for me, I want it. And God filled me with the Holy Ghost. God changed. And I said, oh, okay, now I know. I, I only thought I had something. You know, that's the way it is living for God. It's so good. And then God says, I can do better than that. That ain't nothing. Amen. I've got better than that. I've got more than that. And God just keeps helping us grow and, and learn. And, and so much like these in the book of Acts, God, filled me with the Holy Ghost. I began to speak in other tongues. God gave it to me that day so powerfully and it's never been the same. I thank God for a baptism in the Holy Ghost. I thank God for the power that has, has been life changing. Amen. God is so good. You'll see it. You'll see this if you just go ahead and we're not going to turn to it now. We maybe do a Bible study of it sometime or maybe if you would care for a Bible study, but you can just see it right from the book of Acts. You got Acts 2 where the Holy Ghost is poured out and they're all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake in other tongues. Then you see in Acts 8 where the Samaritans, they're, they're laying hands on them. They're receiving the Holy Ghost after they'd already been baptized by uh, uh, their, their John and Peter came down where Philip was preaching to them. Acts 10, you'll see Cornelius at Gentile for the first time in the New Testament. He's just, God deals with him and says, hey, you, you pray and you give and you're such a, a great guy, but somebody's going to come. Peter's going to come. I'm sending him right now. You let him come into your house and he's going to teach you and preach to you something more than you ever had. Amen. You go here in Acts 19, you see it again and you'll see this throughout. There is a life-changing experience in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I'm thankful for it today. Matthew 6. Matthew 6. I generally don't take time to preach just three different points. But I want to tell somebody here today that you've been in church, you've been doing good. 
maybe you feel like you're doing good. Maybe you don't feel quite like the lukewarm Laodiceans or those in Sardis that were, had a name that they were alive. But I want you to try something life-changing. Amen. I want you to try something life-changing. Matthew 6, verse 12. This is part of the Lord's Prayer. I'm sure you're pretty familiar with it. For sake of time, we're just going to go to verse 12 and says, Forgive us of our debts. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. It's his kingdom. Don't you forget it. It's his power. It's his glory. Amen. We love one another. We support one another. We need each other in our respective gifts and callings. Praise God. But it's his kingdom. It's his glory. It's his honor. Amen. When he has said all that and said amen, it just looks to me like maybe he caught the look in their eyes because the level of forgiveness he just said, I want you to start praying. I think they were listening. And I think all of a sudden he saw their heads cocked to one side, like a dog that's heard something really high pitched. Kind of. Did he just say what I heard? Did he just say that's what we should pray? And he just goes on right from that time and says, forgive men. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will forgive, also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you your trespasses. Forgiveness is life changing. I said forgiveness is life changing. You can go through your life and go through the motions of being a Christian, but we all have to, we'll all struggle one way or another in our lives at an altar with forgiveness. But when you get a hold of it and say, God, you've forgiven me. You've had mercy on me. God, I'm going to have mercy. It will change your life. You carry a grudge. You carry a bitterness in your heart and it, it, it will be like eat you like a cancer there's no you say i've heard that so many times brother that's kind of a cliche no it's just so accurate it's just so accurate think about it now to pray to god who stands before you as one day who was you'll stand before as your judge for eternity and say god i want you to forgive me have you ever prayed god forgive me God, help me to, Lord, just, just take away my, my guilt. And, and when the Lord says, now, wait a minute, I want you to add something to that. Because you need forgiveness, right? I sure do. You need mercy. Oh, yes, sir, I do. Oh, you need, you need my compassion. And, and, and you want it to be ready. You want it to be there. You, you, you remind me that... That I delight in mercy and that my mercy is new every morning and that my mercy is everlasting. Amen. But I want you to just go ahead and say, Lord, you forgive me just like I forgive those that have done me wrong. That'll be life changing. That'll challenge you. That'll make you look a little closer when you put it down on the line and say, my mercy, my forgiveness is contingent on the mercy I show. Hey, we know the story of the man. I may have uh, kind of 
quoted it here not too long ago, the man that was forgiven of, uh, of an unforgivable, just an un- unmeasurable debt, something that would have been, been millions, if not billions of dollars that if you put into modern currency. And, and he said, I'll do my best to repay it. He couldn't have repaid it no matter how he tried. And he was worthy to be just thrown into the prison, have his family put to work, and there's no way he could. But the, the merciful king said, I forgive you of your debt. And then the man went out and grabbed his brother by the, by the neck, by the collar, if you will, and started saying, you're going you're gonna to pay me what I owe. He said, well, just give me some time and I'll pay it back. He said, oh, no, you've, you've done run out of time. I'm going to throw you into prison. That lack of forgiveness caused those things. Can I say it this way? It's almost as if we would look at our repentance and our forgiveness from God, and then we walk away and say, oh, it's under the blood now. But our lack of forgiveness and mercy to our fellow man, our brother and our sister, causes that debt to to be reexamined and put back on the table. That's powerful to be able to take that from the great mercy of God and and to hold that. Listen to me. Forgiveness is life changing for the Christian. For the Christian, you came to an altar and said, I give it all to you. You came when you first came to God and said, Lord, I surrender all to you. But now sometimes things happen and people do us wrong and and you got to get victory over that. And you've got to you've got to look at what God has said. God, God will change your life when you say, "Okay, God, I I give up my right to 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 find revenge. I give up my right to try to to find that that payback that they owe me and that try to look for a way that they should be punished in some way that I can can prove to them that they're they're wrong and they're I give that to you now God I give that to you Hallelujah He said vengeance is mine saith the Lord give it to him let him deal with your debtors praise God because forgiveness will change your life Can we bow our heads in prayer Sometimes we come to church and we take for granted our walk with God. We fail to examine ourselves. But if we could be honest, a life lived for God really is full of adjustments, times of Re-examination and growth. Times where we're challenged. Times where we're taught. It's interesting to me that these in the book of Acts we talked about. They, they weren't angry that there was something that they needed taught. They, they received it gladly. And I found in my life that sometimes we look at things and sometimes we hear things that that are meant to teach us and we're very skeptical we feel like maybe somebody's trying to condemn us or you know kind of like a child in school feeling like the teacher's out to get them and I know a lot of you have have felt that way too sometimes when you when God starts illuminating some things in your life that that he's saying I want to I want to take you to a higher level I want to take you 
take you on to a life-changing experience, even for you. And you have that hesitation. You have that that uh, suspicion, even. But just like I told you in my own life and seeing it in the lives of others, that times where where it was so different, maybe it was just so such a challenge it made you look into at yourself and and question and you're not comfortable with that but when you just start saying okay god you're in you're in charge of my life i trust you i'm not just help me learn help me to grow help me to go on and and you find out that god's blessing you with more and teaching you with more and pouring more into you that said, eye has not seen and ear has not heard what God's prepared for you in His kingdom. That He'll do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. And, and, and you've kind of got, sometimes we get in a rut. Sometimes we get in a place where we're spinning our wheels and not seeing. And God just brings a challenge. Brings, it's time for something life-changing. It's time for something that, that can bring a newness to you again and take you not just back to where you were at one time, but to a higher height and a deeper depth. That's what my prayer is today. These are just three things that I feel like have not only I've seen very specific times in my life where each one of these worked in me and were truly life-changing, but I I've seen it in so many others where once they, they, they were very, very hesitant. Once they were, they fought against it. They, they, they ran from it. But, but you see them today with a new commitment, with a baptism of the Holy Ghost fire, with real forgiveness for those that have done them wrong. And you see what's done in their lives. You ask them how God has done it in them and their, so excited oh it's life changing it's life changing oh let's find a place to pray let's talk to the Lord God God help us A new examination of our commitment level to God. Where once He was first, where once nothing came before. Oh yes, I love you Jesus. I love you Lord. 
where once everything was first, what's God say about it? What's God think about it? the word is so important because we take what we've heard and we bring it to God in a personal way. We say, God, help me to apply it to my life. Help me, Lord, never to come up short of anything that you have for me. Praying for each one of you, and I know you're praying for me. Just the same, that we can all just walk in this life-changing experience. Walk in this newness of life that just keeps getting better and better every day. God is so good. The challenges of our day, the darkness of the spiritual warfare that's going on in our day, when we stay on fire for God, when we stay committed to things of God, stay on our toes, God gives us everything we need to be overcomers. God, thank you for it. Thank you again for your word. Thank you for this great, great Lord truth, God, this life, God, that we have in you, God. We love you, Lord. I pray for each one, Lord, that, Lord, every point that was needed, God, in each life, God, just help us to apply it to our lives, to be not just hearers, but doers of your word. And there is the blessing, God. Thank you for it. God bless your people now. Keep us safe as we travel. Keep us protected in this world, God, and shine your light through us, God. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, church. Pray, pray for one another.